0: welcome to the lean solutions podcast where we discuss business solutions to help listeners develop and implement action plans for true lean process improvement i am your host patrick adams Hello and welcome. Our guest today is Andy Ulrich, and Andy is a continuous improvement and innovation leader for the Hunter Water Corporation in Newcastle, Australia. Andy has over 25 years experience in engineering, trades, health services, manufacturing, mining, logistics processes, and support. Uh, Andy also holds formal qualifications in engineering and trade, plus... Lean Six Sigma and Agile Methodologies. He's passionate about developing himself further as a respected lean leader and enjoys seeing the benefits of teams embracing continuous improvement and working together to achieve common and personal goals. Welcome to the show Andy.
1: Good Patrick. Uh, very happy to be here Mike. Thanks for having me along.
0: We are glad to have you here and you are calling uh, in from Australia. You know, it's, we were just talking earlier before we hit record. It's uh, 9 a.m., I believe, in Australia. It is 5 p.m. in uh, Michigan, the state of Michigan in the U.S. Uh, So we're, we're worlds apart here. Uh, But we are connected through the lean community here. And we were just having some really powerful conversations just about the lean community and about the future of lean. But before we get into that, Andy, uh, I want to ask you, you know, on a serious note, there's been some, uh, some pretty significant Struggles in Australia around COVID. How are things going? You know, what's your what's your feel on on where things are going and, and how people are doing?
1: Yes, there has been some challenges, Patrick. However, at the the moment, we are starting to some things are starting to open right back up again. Children are, are heading to school this week in person, which is great. And there's a lot of things that are coming back online. A lot of the cafes and things are starting to frontline hospitalities and things like that that have been doing it really tough they're slowly starting to to come back open again we do have restrictions imposed on certain things and and it's just it's a staged staggered reopening approach i guess sure however like most countries it's heavily dependent on how covid uh, numbers react to that mm-hmm. and then if we need to, to slide back into a, a partial closure again or, or got a bit of a full lockdown but it, it's mm-hmm. just basically we're just starting to step our way back in. A lot of businesses have been doing it really tough. Our hospitals and, and healthcare professionals have, have really been doing it tough since we've been uh, dealing with this Omicron strain that's out and about, very active in the community now. Mm. However, on the whole, we're, we are, the different states have been taking different approaches as they do but on the whole we are, we're really starting to, to kind of see some light at the end of the tunnel with, with our some of the cases uh, are going but yeah at the end of the day a lot of families and, and people have been doing it tough and we're just trying to trying to pull together as best we can and, and come through the other side of, of whatever that looks like so yeah sure um, thankfully you know on the whole we're, we're, we're slowly moving forward it appears at this point in time yeah that's
0: good and I, and I see you're, you're back in the office though as of recent yeah. correct yes yes so we have a 25 percent maximum capacity of, of
1: staff in the office so Mm. we can return however there's some measures and there's some capacity limits there and and obviously there's lots of things around uh you know the the sanitization and and lots of cool visual management around the place to make sure that where we know what desks we can sit at or or lunchroom facilities Mm -hmm. and we've also introduced uh, recently a program where you can it's an online booking system for, for desks. So oh, okay. there's a way there that we can manage the, the spacing of people as well. So you can only book certain desks and that's your space and we can then if we need to, to reduce the capacity of a certain space, we just click a button, we can block out certain desks. So there's a there's a lot of cool measures that the organisation's got in place or is looking to put into place just to, to keep us safe and comply with the, the health orders because we are a, a government organisation. So mm-hmm. we, we certainly have our... Uh, our required rules and and yeah, on the whole, um, everybody seems to be going okay. Good,
0: good. Well, I'm glad to hear that, and I, I love to hear you know the the obviously the adoption of uh, visual management wasn't something new for the organization, but for a lot of organizations around the world, I think uh, you know they've they've really. Seen the value and been able to use uh, some really good visual management to help with uh, you know the, the spread. So um, that's amazing that you guys have have committed to that and, and are using technology as well in some different ways. So that's great. Let's let's uh, let's kick into our discussion today about lean and continuous improvement. And just uh, I'm curious. Let's start out with what you found most rewarding and makes you you know feel passion about lean and continuous improvement. The thing for me, Patrick, is
1: it's just everywhere. And it's kind of always been here. It's, and it's just that when you, you have that moment when you learn to see it for what it is, I reflect back a lot uh, on a lot of things from my uh, previous uh, work experiences, but also growing up as a kid. I spent a lot of time on a farm when I was, when I was a, a lot younger. And, and one of the things we used to do was dose sheep, right? So mm-hmm. when, when you're counting the sheep out, when you're sending them down the race, which is for those who don't know, it's a very narrow uh, section where you try and have one or two wide, that's about it. When you're trying to count the sheep out, the gate isn't wide open and it's not, you know, just crept open as well. It's about when you can get them to go out and flow. Mm -hmm. Um, When we talk about just in time or making it flow and those sorts of things, I always, for some reason, I just fall back and go, yeah, well, that's why we wanted to clear the yard out. We just get that, that right pace and cadence of them going out the gate, and everybody had a great time. If if, uh, if you're trying to, like I said, if one would, if you try to put too many out at a time or not enough, then yeah, that, that made things difficult, man. And that's that's one of the things I I reflect on. And and I just, it's about the key thing for me is it's about people. Mm-hmm. It's it's respect for people. And at the end of the day, if your people are engaged, and they can make some improvements themselves, not only do they feel great. And I feel great if I'm part of that. But also we'll defend it pretty hard. And it's a great way for the sustainment piece, if, if people understand that, look, what you've done there is utilising lean um, mm-hmm. and continuous improvement practices. But how good does it feel? And traditionally, we, we want to keep, keep a hold of people like that. And, and it empowers them to go on and do more. And that's, that's the thing for me. I'm a very people-orientated person. And I just see it everywhere now, and especially in COVID, I'm looking around at these things especially for the non-believers in lean and continuous improvement i'm just going well hang on a second just look at what we've done in this walkway over here Mm -hmm. okay that's visual management okay there's some 5s going on hey how easy is it right and it's built by us for what we do not we have to take whatever toyota does and and bolt that on right so for me it's fully scalable it's if we're thinking about it right and people at the front It's a great day at the office, mate.
0: Yeah. I love that you brought up, uh, I didn't realize that you grew up on a farm. Uh, We've had multiple conversations in the past, and uh, that's really cool to hear. I I think about, anytime I go visit a farm, uh, I I think about continuous improvement. Because I have to imagine, you know, uh, that farmers, they're, they're... They have to come up with improvements, or they're. I mean, they're they have it tough as it is. I mean, their job that's a tough job, but they're they're hard workers and but they're not going to just continue to you know, uh, do something that's a waste, like, they don't have the time, they're you know, they're. They're working their butts off as it is, so they're they're looking for opportunities to improve and innovate on equipment and you know just the way they do things. I have to imagine, and that's a great example that you gave. But I'm guessing there's tons of examples out there of using continuous improvement practices on a farm.
1: Yeah, and and like I I actually didn't live on the farm. Like every school holidays, and I, I had five uncles, and four of them were on the land. Yeah, so. That's it. There's usually one or two people there because you know they can't afford to pay the people all the wages, and, and especially when it doesn't rain or they get a lot, a lot, too much rain. The ingenuity, you know, they talk about the farmer ingenuity. There's so many ways that they they do things, and that's I guess when you start to get a lot of lean and continuous improvement things put in front of you or training, and you get really great facilitators who say now just try and tie that in. That's where I find I get a lot of successes if I can tie it into something that is familiar with that person. So that's right. like, just think about this in you know and and that's the key thing is finding out about where they're from what experiences they have um, and also any challenges they have you can that's usually my tactic to go okay so let's go and have a look at that and so when I talk about lean for example flow with the sheep right mm-hmm. it might be a bit of an out-of-the-box example but that's immediately where my mind goes to, and it's like yeah Jeez, it's annoying when you try and get five at once or, or they're just standing there looking at the gate. If we get them in this state where they're going through, not only would they flow through, but my uncle wouldn't go ballistic because he found it hard too hard to count them. So right. yeah, it was all done manually. So <laughs> that's, that's, great. What, that's been the really cool thing, yeah.
0: Yeah, if, if you remember in my, in my book, Avoiding the Continuous Appearance Trap, uh, the company Continuous Improvement, which was the company that I worked for that, uh, that applied lean and continuous improvement principles very well, they intentionally set their businesses, their plants in farming communities. And they still do to this day. They they look for rural farm communities uh, because they know the, the the culture of farmers and you know the 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 behaviors and the you know just like you said uh, the the way that they 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 think about uh, innovation and and just embrace the, the you know hard work because lean is simple in concept, but it is hard work it takes someone with ingenuity and the ability to you know think through things and work hard and be consistent in order for it to to actually flourish and be sustainable so yeah. I, I think it's pretty neat
1: yeah, you've got to believe in it and they do they they believe in what they do, especially you know not in my family but dairy farmers you know that's we always say that's something you've got to be born into because you know a lot of people who've you know, come from you know, city backgrounds or whatever, they'd spend two hours out on the dairy farm, and they just don't understand how you know people get into that sort of it. They wouldn't choose to do that normally, but they're passionate about it. They've mm-hmm. got the the culture there. It's a family business. You know, they're very proud, right. and and that's that's the great sort of culture I find that works with Lean. Is if you've yes. got people that go, well, hang on, this is my uh, shadow board over here, and this is my area, I did this and. I love it and I feel, yeah, you feel good and you certainly, like I said, they'll defend it very, very hard. You don't have to do much management of the space if you can, if they've got it set up, we've got the, the goal post for the organization of what, what we want to do and, and the how, uh, the more we can turn that to the people who know their job better than anyone else. Um, yeah. It's very easy to, to, to keep it ticking along and, and improve further, so. Yeah, That's right. It's, like I said, it's everywhere. It's just common sense and, but it's tough because it's traditionally not taught that much uh thank goodness and through some technology advancements we can get a lot more information at a glance mm-hmm. but it also yeah it's for me sometimes i, I struggle with there's so much information oh yeah you know, people are releasing books all the time and, and and there's all the podcasts and things it's like well for me where i am now what's the right amount for me now and yeah. and i've got to be super conscious when going into the office and saying right how about this and, and then yeah. just sitting there going whoa hang on we haven't what, you, what the hell
0: are you talking about? But, yeah, that's yeah. that's such a great call out, Andy, because there is a, a ton of really great information out there, and as humans, we we you know we try to complexify things, and the more data, and the more tools, and the more techniques that you throw at things, you know, we're just gonna let's just apply everything and and hope that it <laughs> works. Well, it's not necessarily the the, the right approach. Um, you have to meet your team you know where they are and uh you have to, when i and when i say that i mean like you have to really understand where your team is at on their journey, and you know you can't start throwing you know some complex tools that are going to turn them off. You know to yeah. the direction. Uh, you, you need to start with the, the the techniques that are going to get them excited and engaged, and you know celebrating wins and creating ownership, like you talked about earlier with the, the the board, the visual boards and things. If you can create ownership and get people excited about what they're doing and celebrate the successes, those are some great first steps. Even if it's just small, little, as Paul Akers would say, two-second improvements—you know, little things—and yes, that's part of it, right? There's a lot more that that needs to go into it to create a true culture of continuous improvement. But there's some simple things that we can do without having to throw, you know, all this complexity uh, into the mix, and and you know, unfortunately, sometimes turn people off. And if you don't, have, if you're not doing it properly, so you know, you're fairly early in your in your journey and in becoming a. Continuous Improvement professional, which I think is very important for uh, for us to hear, you know, from someone like you who, you know, you do have you know over 25 years experience in the trades and fairly new to continuous improvement. I'm curious to hear, uh, you know, what what would be some of those key enablers that you would say that have helped you to get where you're at today? That maybe like other leaders, you'd you'd like other leaders to be aware of and supporting their own emergent CI leaders. So you've done some things you've seen some things in your own uh career what would be some of those things that you would say hey i'd love for you to to understand that this has been working or this is a good you know something that can support someone that that's on the same journey yeah
1: so the two words that pop in is time and space Mm -hmm. and that's around when i was very lucky to work for an organization that had a global lean program Right. So it was it was shouted from the rooftops so that's just the way we do things around here. But it wasn't continuous appearance. It was they would actually take, especially people who showed an interest uh, in it. They would take them off site, and they had an internal certification program. So they would actually give you not only the time and space to go and get that deeper understanding and training in the lean tools, but uh, more importantly around the cultural enablers for lean and and how you apply the tools and the, and then I guess the the disciplines and the behaviors so mm-hmm. for an organization to pull me out of my day-to-day and do that uh, I found was great and the, and the key thing with that too is the leaders had been through that training as well so they they knew what I was was going away to to do they not only talked the talk they walked it and mm-hmm. an organ that organization was quite interesting there was steel manufacturing in australia for example is one of those industries that's kind of hanging on right i was previously working in in healthcare which you could say you've, you've got a job for life and and anyway through some circumstances i went and had a look at a small metal foundry in newcastle and it's uh, it's in a site that used to be the, the major steelworks for for australia and i walked into the place and it was just something different about it and It went through the usual process of meeting some people and there was a lot of visual management around the place. Things just kind of looked like they fitted wherever Mm -hmm. I looked around. And it got to a point where they took me for a walk out into the plant and there's shadow boards, there was SQDC boards, hour-by-hour charts, and all this was around for such a, what on the scale was a small site and how the people were and things like that. It wasn't the highest paying job that I'd been offered at the time, but it basically walked back into the office with the leaders and sat down and said, "Look, I am." I'm in, um, this is kind of the, I think this is lean. I think this is what I've been sort of chasing, seeing some examples here and there, but this looks like yeah. a real deal. And I'm in, but what do you guys do again? Like, it, whatever <laughs> the process of what they were making, yeah. it didn't matter. And I, and I mean that so honestly, and I walked away going, my goodness, I've just taken a job. I've stepped out of a, you know, an industry that's always going to grow mm-hmm. into a small metal foundry in the city of Newcastle. And I thought, Wow, but it wasn't it wasn't about what we were doing, it was how we were doing it. Mm. and the leaders gave me the time and they had a we had a saying there, stop the line so the line doesn't stop. So oh, love it. if our teams were out on the floor, we knew there was an issue, anyone in that organisation had the power to stop, shut the whole plant down. Mm. Okay. However, there was some some tools we had five wise, we had to make sure that we had a bit of a plan of attack. We wouldn't just stop it and then work out well, what are we going to do right through the training systems tools that we had at our disposal and in the organization it was okay we'll give you the power to stop and we'll support you all the way and as long as we are using the lean tools and we're getting to a point where we're getting to root cause we'll, we'll support that and, and it was frowned upon heavily if I flew in in the middle of the night with the cape on to try and get the plant going again if we did that too many times the, the leaders would actually pull us aside and, and, and give us a talking to it's because We can't keep doing that i mean we can't keep expecting our people to come in let's get a team together let's do our root cause analysis let's fix it forever and uh, forever fix it instead of fixing forever so for any leaders out there if you want to and the term deploy lean or Mm -hmm. continuous improvement please don't just get a heap of tools and flashy boards and roll it out there and then go oh well you're a you're a smart guy you're an engineer or you're a you know you're skilled trades or very good at. IT, whatever, off you go. You've got to give us coaching. You've mm-hmm. got to give us regular follow up and make sure that when the chips are down, especially, you back off and give us the time to go through and follow the, the processes that we've got in place because that's the only time where we'll, we'll really see the value and you get the belief through the organization.
0: So, um, yeah. I love how you're what you're mentioning too is the support structure that executive leadership was giving you there, and uh, and how there was a, this catchball happening where you were yeah. having conversations back and forth, and they were helping you in that way. Can you talk about that a little bit more? What did that look like for leadership to to have your back and to but to also give you maybe some restraint too around what you were allowed to do and and not allowed to do? Uh, but what you saw that as you said is Walking the walk, not just talking yeah. the talk. So, can you talk a little bit more about that?
1: Yeah. So the cat, the catch ball right from strategy deployment. You know, it was important that these Hoshin Kanri to to get it right down to that. You know, frontline from the top right down to the frontline workers. Everybody would have alignment on what they're what they're doing today, mm-hmm. where that fitted in. Next level up, 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 but also horizontally so they made sure that the strategic planning and was not only highly visible but there was a lot of consultation there was things that we would set as targets for the organization however as i mentioned the how was very much open to well what do you think this is our target let's get together and talk about how we could, could achieve that to get that locked in there was a lot of times where i would get frustrated where i would go in and i'd know that a certain leader would would have the answer or know the exact you know right approach to do that however they wouldn't give me that um Mm. and that that even the best tradesmen that i learned under were the ones that would make me pull it apart and put it back together again for example it was even though the plant was down or even though there was a a particular bottleneck with the process they would hold their line and say why don't you go away and have a you know have a bit more of a, a look at that or have you thought about this or they'd really tease it out of it so they weren't just giving me the answers and and through that time I knew look if it totally fell apart then they would definitely have my back but mm-hmm. I also knew that they were helping me by just getting me to think a bit more about it and go hang on remember your training remember the tools why don't you go yeah we used to say don't don't come in with a whinge right which is basically coming in saying oh this is bugging, you know okay. oh, that's an Aussie term if it, <laughs>
0: sorry if people don't understand <laughs> No that's that good one. we're learning yeah. we're learning more than just lean today
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah so it's like this and it's like okay so What's that next level? If you didn't have, well, the team has spoken about it, we've done a five wise, or here's some ideas on what we think we could improve it with, yeah, you would get ushered away. It's like, well, look, that's that's not going to help you or us in the longer term. Mm-hmm. And a lot of things in, in some of the good organizations I've been in is around not rewarding the firefighters. If everyone had this one super person that would come in and, and fix it all and then they'd disappear again in a cloud of smoke, well, not only did we not understand what they'd done. Uh, So we could learn from that, but it was the next time if they weren't available or, yeah, Mm -hmm. we just had to make sure that we, we, whatever we did, it was visible. We'd share that knowledge and we'd we'd lock it down. And if that was to become our new standard, then there was also some consultation around that because sometimes the the firefighting gets you to to do a bit of a workaround just to get it going and then that can lead to more heartache down the track. So That's
0: right. It's
1: definitely the leaders need to be disciplined and... If we're if we're reaching out and want to know more about this stuff, try and give us the time to not only go and do the training, but if we're not showing results out in the plant or you can't see the fruits of the the investment you've done in sending us away to these things, then call it out mm-hmm. uh, because it's not. You know, we want to make sure the expectations two ways.
0: That's so, right. Yeah, yeah. Transparent, open conversation. Oh, I love it. Yep. What's been your your uh, your biggest aha or your or your light bulb moment in Lean so far in your career? Yeah. Some training I did as part of that organisation with the global program, they had to
1: this day the, the greatest lean facilitator uh, that I've had personal experience with, named Wes he, we He had you know, years and years of experience, super energetic, positive, but I was at this training course and we had finance managers for the organisation down to you know, middle management, right, right across the board, different trades and things. And he just came out and he said, we started off and he said, um, no standard, no Kaizen. Hmm. And and he just talked through that because we're all we had brought our pre-prepared projects, and when he came out with that and talked through a couple of examples there, I just went, "That's it." Like for me, it's we talk about doing improvements or kaizen. If you don't have a clearly defined standard to base it on, what are you doing? Hmm. And and especially we're down the track when you want to look back and demonstrate that you giving me the time to do this stuff is working. Then I just went, "That's it." It's so. Simple that at the end of the day we all want to improve, but are we doing the right things or just doing things right? And I just want to make sure that when I go into conversations with people and using a Toyota Eight Step tool, for example, you know the 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 Eight Step. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we get stuck on step one. It's like, well, what's the standard? What do you mean? It's like, well, hang on. And then it's amazing just to sit there and go, well, either if you've got the authority or you can find it somewhere and tell us, look otherwise we've had to pause and come back in a week and go well okay what are we comparing it against now because we don't just want to yeah, we can't just improve without actually being able to tie back to something physical so that was it for me i just went gosh i've been thinking about all the tools i'm going to learn but at the end of the day if we don't have good standards in place and we can't see it and people don't know about it
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's you're going to burn a lot of energy potentially doing the wrong things and moving forward i can't see you know leaders supporting that going on we Keep sort of shooting in the dark, so to speak. So
0: yeah, I think there's it. so many so many organizations that struggle with that, and and they're they're in this state of instability, and they're trying to figure out how do we get out of this? What do we what do we need to do to stabilize? You know, we're we're struggling to to keep employees, we you know what, whatever it might be, but just a state of instability. I think you're spot on with your your point of uh, standards. I mean, standards can take you so far, and not just not just having an SOP in a book up on a shelf full of dust, uh, but really committing to standards. And, you know, because right now, if you have one person, a new person coming in, and I've worked with many organizations that I saw this, where one person would come in, they would work with someone on, you know, before lunch who would train them one way, then they'd meet with someone after lunch, would train them a different way. You know, then second shift comes in and says, that's all crap, you need to learn it this way. And, you know, by the time they're ready to punch out, they're like... I'm not coming back here. I, well, how am I, I going to be successful if if I'm trained three different ways from three different people, and you know that everybody's doing things differently? And second shift, do, you know, comes in and they shut down the machine, reset it up the way they like it, and then turn it back on again. Companies are not going to be successful in an environment like that. You you have to commit to standards. Make sure that you have found the one best way to do things. And train the team to that way and make sure that everybody understands the why behind it. There's audits set up to, you know, to make sure that we're doing it. But you have to be committed. And once you do that, stability will come. And then to your point, Andy, now we can look at opportunities to improve. How do we get better?
1: Yeah. Yeah, And and when your example of the three different training methods of how how they do it. and, And in the, you know, when we're talking about information management, you know, capturing documents in, in an organisation, for example, or accessing, or how you save especially sensitive material that needs to, you know, has to go to a special place. If we don't have good standards in, in how we follow that process through and train people that way for how we, it might, it's never going to be the best standard we've ever had, but at least we can predict a bit better the result the outcome. Absolutely. Someone might, that fourth new person will get their own way and, and we're just getting further away from what it is. And the key thing for me too is without good standards and having them visible is we usually can't tell that we're off or things are going the wrong way until it's kind of too late. And mm-hmm. it's just like now instead of a little bit of a bit of a tweak to get us back to where we said we were going to be, oh, we've got this massive project now and now we're going to upset people telling them that, you know how they've got to change what they're doing and it's like it's just... No standard, no Kaizen for me is, and that's that's where things like 5S come to life around the discipline and, and standards of the areas and, and files in your computer and things like that. It's just, and if you don't have one, look, just a crappy standard's better than no standard, and immediately, especially the people in the room that may not want to be part of it, they'll throw rocks at it straight away, i found, and they'll go, well, hang on, I do it this way. And it's like, okay, why do you do it that way? And, hey, guys, look at that, XYZ person's just... Shown us the way, and then I think you've got a new ally on board because mm-hmm. they're going, Oh, they actually listened to me, and that's that's that writing that's in there or that video that we made on how to do that. I told them that, that's right, and away we go. But it's yeah, it's pretty hard in, in organizations that have no, uh, you know, they have standards, but like you said, in a book on a shelf, and the training might only tell them the what,
0: that's but right, it
1: doesn't go into that detail of, Well, if you don't, this is what could happen, yeah, yeah give them the why, so
0: yeah. And, and I can just see people listening on the other end saying, "Yeah, it's, it, it's easy to talk about it, right?" I mean, Andy and I just talked about it for three or four minutes, and you know, it seems pretty simple, right, for a three or four minute explanation. But like we talked about earlier, it, just because it's simple doesn't mean it's easy. It's going to be hard. It's tough. It's hard to get standards in place, to, to get uh, people following those standards, to get training to those standards, to get audience to those standards, and. You know, a lot of it has to start with leadership, supporting and driving that change and making sure that there's expectations that are clear for the, for the people that that are doing that are doing the work. So, um that's great. I want to um transition here just a little bit because last few episodes I think, I'm trying to think now, three or four maybe episodes we've talked a lot about lean outside of the work environment. Even, you know, uh had Paul Akers on and he was talking about kite surfing and how he uses lean to be a better <laughs> yeah. kite surfer. Uh <laughs> pretty cool stuff. But can you tell me some examples of how you've been uh, creative with Lean and how maybe that's helped you not only in your specific role, but also in other areas of your life.
1: Yeah, so the old adage that, well, that stuff doesn't work here because we're not in manufacturing or we're not Toyota or all those things that anyone in the CI space would would get thrown at them uh, from time to time. I used to think about, okay, well, how could I use the process, I guess, and the tools to just do anything? So. There was a time when I'd gained a fair bit of weight, right? So, I I thought, well, what if I wonder if I could utilise the SQDC process to help me lose some weight over the next five to six weeks? Hmm. So, I grabbed grabbed the forms. We had all of the Pareto charts and the five Ys, countermeasures, all those things that we used every day out out in the plant or in the offices. And I set up metrics, safety, quality, delivery, cost around what I thought would help me. Keep on track and shed a few kilos or pounds, ah. as you call them over there. And I put it up at work, and I made sure that the people, especially, you know, I got a few laughs. And they go, "What? What is wrong with you? You know, why are you doing? You don't need to do that." And I'm going, "Well, I'm just a. I want to improve myself. Yeah. But this would be pretty cool if this works. And yeah, and when people would see me doing the five wise on when I didn't hit my weight goal uh, for the week, or you know, if I, I had a cost metric, I used to love pulling in at the service station or the gas station on the way home from work and I'd get myself a pack of chips and whatever. Oh, yeah. So I actually put myself a limitation of $2 a day, so that was basically a bottle of mineral water, right? So <laughs> I it's just all those things that they laughed at and I said, but I think that's what's going to work for me. Yeah. Five weeks, nine kilos down and it was, you know, I made sure I had a 30-minute exercise metric, you know, track there. So if I didn't hit the 30 minutes, I'd have to do a 5-wise and put a countermeasure in. and so that was one example. And I shared that at a uh, when I went down and, and trained a group in the, the certification program, I actually presented that story to say, look, and if you don't think SQDC can work anywhere, check this out.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The other thing I found really powerful was when COVID first hit Australia and the government sent everybody into a full lockdown in 2020,
0: mm-hmm.
1: one of my kids was at school, my wife works, we were all at home and we had to manage the family and work life together to and so one of the things that's kept me alive especially in the tough times has been leader standard work mm. so i actually created a combined leader standard work for my wife and i because we had to stagger our start and finish times with kids so where did we put it well where's the place that i think a lot of people went to too many times when they're in lockdown was the fridge ah. so i actually had a leader standard work on the fridge where my wife and i could see what work tasks we were planning to do for the day yeah. and when but also what about the family stuff? Like that's the most important stuff. So I had this hybrid uh, family leader standard work tool that I used at home. And yeah, that was another way that I've been able to share that with people and say, well, if you think leader standard work is, you know, is a bit of a waste of time, when the chips are down, that kept us, uh, it kept the, the home that was one key tool to keep things in a happy place. And the other things I've done too is at an organization I was at where we were trying to get some inertia on 5S or momentum, I should say. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went and grabbed a couple of people. I was in the gym. We used to have a gym there and people would go in it and they're cursing and swearing, trying to find weights and you know, no one puts any gear back or where the hell's this? And, and so I grabbed a couple of the, the regulars and said, why don't we try putting some of this 5S stuff in the gym? And, I, and we did a little bit of a 5S showcase area where we set it up for the weights and had some visual management there. And we had you know one or two people who kept an eye on things. And the, the people who were there and, and, and saw what was going on, they said, oh, how good's this? Like, I know that there's supposed to be four weights there. Or how easy is it to put that kettlebell back there because there's a picture there? Um, mm-hmm. And then people started coming to me saying, you know, they're using 5S in the gym. Surely I can use it out here. And I'm going, let's go. Let's go for what? So that's right. it's just one of those things where, again, it just demonstrates not only the tools and the processes applicable anywhere, but you can have a lot of fun with it, and it improves your personal life as well, which is, that's the that's the, the thing that we should all be working towards, I think. But um, hey, I get off track to- at times, and the sustain piece around the weight management stuff, <laughs> Patrick. We, we might skip over that, mate. But, um, but I'm with you I know, but it's all it can hopefully fix it.
0: Yeah no that's great i love the creativity uh, and and you know that you truly are committed when you're when you're using lean in your personal life and and really believing in it you know b- because it shows we, you know we've we've talked uh, i've talked with other guests in the past just about utilizing lean around the house and and how i have to be careful because my wife you know she she gets on me uh when i try to throw out certain lean tools and things uh, and she's like don't use that stuff in here you yeah. know so i what are you
1: experimenting on me? My wife Kate, she's she's like, what are you, what experiments are you doing now? And I got to be careful. Yeah, you got to. It's the standard. I keep saying, look, at the end of the day, it's a standard we believe we can sustain. So if I go to town on something that I think's right, that's not fair. That's not in the yeah. spirit of lean. And yeah, I'll probably get chased out of the house again. So yeah, you got yeah. to that's where you go with it.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Andy, What is what would you say is a key message for people that are listening right now who are passionate about lean and are also trying to make their way through the, the lean jungle and, and become respected leaders and professionals in, in their space? What what advice would you give to them? For me, it's just
1: find a way of getting comfortable with the uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And as many times, especially a new organization where I can feel the adrenaline going, I'm stepping into a space where I'm to try some, or suggest some things, or get support for certain things that are maybe not commonplace or already frowned upon in some people's minds, or whatever. Try and use that adrenaline. And to if you have some good examples in your back pocket of where it's already happening in the organisation, or where you can show that it, it has worked elsewhere. I mean, the tools, the the process, the methods. There's so many organisations around the world that have that have done it right and are flying. Okay, keep going. And, and people need to remind me that about, about that at times as well, is it's not always going to be easy. Like I said, it seems so simple, but it's, it's hard, it takes discipline. Mm-hmm. And whenever you think about, you know, with my desk in an office space where I had some demarcation set up on my desk, 5S happening, take that extra 30 seconds to, to set everything back because as soon as somebody sees you not doing it, the lean guy not doing it, then mm. you've kind of already lost them. The other thing is reflect often and stay humble. I love telling people the things that I've messed up along the way, especially when they're trying to, to get some runs on the board themselves. Have a laugh about it and, and just remember that you're never going to know any, everything and, mm-hmm. and there's always people out there who can help you. So for those out there who are listening in a similar vein to me and, and think I'm making some kind of sense, I see you and I really want to talk to you and we've got ways to connect now. The earth is flat as I say now with all the technology <laughs> Reach out uh, because if I can teach you something, I guarantee you'll teach me something as well. Trust the process and make sure you have fun with it, and you'll be okay. Because at the end of the day, if your main focus is about people and empowering them to make their lives easier, I just not everyone's going to buy it. But at the end of the day, I'll sleep like a baby because no matter what's going on, I'm trying to help someone, that. and that I think that's a good thing. If you can give back in that servant leadership space, yeah, um, you'll get more wins than losses. But hey. Like you said, Patrick, it's, I'm kind of finding my way at the moment, mate. So um, just trust what you're doing and have your heart in the right place, and think you'll be okay. And I hope I'll be okay.
0: Yeah, no, I think you. I think you hit the nail on the head, as we as we say in the U.S. I don't know if that's a term in Australia yeah. or not. But perfect way to end the the show today, Andy. Just I love the just who you are, what you're about. Uh, obviously, a very humble uh, person, but definitely have some serious, uh, some seriously good advice for those of us that are on the journey together. And I, you know, I I love learning from. I, lo- I love learning in general. But uh, you know, you and I, when we have conversations, I love to hear the, the different things that you're working on and and uh, just the the learnings that you've had because they make so much sense. Uh, again, in in any space and whatever whatever I'm working on at the time, I, I just appreciate your uh, willingness to share. So thank you very much uh, for being on the show today and and I think there's many people who have w- are walking away today with some serious value add that they can go and apply right away so thank you again for that Thank
1: You Patrick and thank you for all of the work that you're doing in with the podcast and, and those sorts of things because I put them on and there could be that one phrase or statement in that and I'm I'm off on set for the week because it's like that's exactly what I was thinking so to all of your previous guests and future please keep keep it coming because it, you're really helping me and, and yeah I want to give back too so it's been fantastic to have the opportunity mate and Hopefully, I can catch up with you in person one day.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely, without a doubt. I'm definitely coming down under to to check out what you guys got going on out there. We got to wait for things to settle down a little bit and <laughs> yeah. on the uh, COVID stuff, the COVID side of things. But we'll definitely meet in person, get together at a conference or something somewhere. So now it's absolutely. been great. Thanks again, Andy, uh, and en- enjoy your week. You too, mate. All the best. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the Lean Solutions Podcast. If you haven't done so already, please be sure to subscribe. This way you'll get updates as new episodes become available. If you feel so inclined, please give us a review. Thank you so much.